Welcome to this edition of Community Matters Podcast, where we discuss issues important to managing and governing condos, cooperatives, and homeowner associations. My name is Tony Campisi, Executive Director of Community Associations Institute's Pennsylvania and Delaware Valley Chapter. In this episode of Community Matters, we'll be talking about roofs and whether or not your roof is ready for the fall season. My guest today is David Velasco with Lifetime Tool and Building Products. David is a member of CAI's Business Partners Council. David, thank you for joining me today, and please tell our listeners a little bit about Lifetime Tool and Building Products. Well, thanks for having me, uh, Tony. I very much appreciate it. Uh, Lifetime Tool is a product manufacturer. We are a manufacturer of uh, uh, high-quality roofing components. We're based in Winchester, Virginia, and uh, we are a manufacturer that has all their products made here in the U.S. Uh, Our main goal is to eliminate the most common roof failures uh, that we run across in roof system to maximize the lifespan of your roof roof system. So we're here to talk about roofs. Uh, I guess the, the, the most logical place that we would start is how often should a homeowner inspect the roof? Well, you know, there's two main times of the year to inspect your roof, and we're heading for one of them. It's either fall or spring. It's, it's good practice to do it twice a year. Uh, it doesn't have to be uh, calling necessarily a contractor to do that inspection, but there's several things that we can discuss that would be helpful. Uh, the NRCA, which stands for the National Roofing Contractor Associations, recommends that you hire a professional. Uh, it, they can assist you and checking your roof, uh, but you can find good resources from the NRCA, for example, that help you uh, perform some initial inspection yourself. Uh, if you prefer to go that route, there's some important guidelines that you should keep in mind, and we're going to share some tips with you to get you started. So what does one look for? Uh, what's involved when you're inspecting a roof? Well, one thing you can do is visually inspect your roof uh, from the ground. It's, it's possible, uh, but your true evaluation is done by using a ladder, which involves significant risks. So uh, we want to make, be cognizant of that, and we're not uh, pushing you here to, to take some unnecessary risk. Uh, but you know your roof. Some roofs are fairly accessible and can be you know, get a visual inspection from the ground, and others will absolutely require the use of a ladder. So you want to make sure that you have coverage, uh, to be able to do that inspection. Uh, since we are in a multifamily setting, uh, you want to make sure that you have the right to go in that roof and inspect it. And you want to also be uh, cognizant of safety. Uh, have, a, have a low safety plan. And the first thing you want to keep in mind, if you're going to ever use a ladder, is inspect it before you get on it. Make sure that the rungs are safe. Make sure that the rails uh, have no damage. Make sure that the gutters that you will be leaning on is sound. Uh, you want to make sure that you have something that will not put you at risk more than necessary. You want to secure that ladder at the top uh, with bungee cord or something similar to prevent the ladder from falling. You always want to have at least three contact points. So you always want to use both hands when you're moving your feet going up that ladder or going down the ladder. It's ideal so that you have somebody else with you uh, as a safety. And you want to make sure that you, you have the proper angle in that ladder, meaning that the ladder needs to extend 
several feet past the gutter and you want to have the proper pitch to it. Um, typically the recommendation is if you have um, for every four feet of height to your gutter, you would need to move that ladder back one foot. So if you have a 12 foot um, gutter, the gutter is 12 feet from the ground, you need to be at least three feet away from the perpendicular point. Uh, that's a recommendation, that's your minimum. Okay, good advice there. What are the telltale signs you're looking for? What, what indicates to you or to the roof inspector that the roof is in good shape or not? Well, that's a good question. Now that we're putting kind of like the disclaimer about the ladder on the side, uh, this is really the, the bread and butter here. That's what you want to look at. Some of the most common things that you can find on an aging roof are buckling, curling, or blistering shingles. If you have an asphalt shingle roof, which is the, the bulk of the market today, most roofs are asphalt roofing shingle, especially in multifamily settings. Uh, and you see that there's buckling, meaning that uh, the edges of your shingles starting to, are starting to lift the front of your shingle starting to lift. Um, you know here you have an old, uh, old roof, aged roof, and it indicates that your life expectancy is almost gone. You may also want to check the damage, uh, potential damage around the chimney, around the pipes, or any other penetration for that matter, whether it's dryer vent exhaust, it might be a, a heat fluke, it can be a uh, your, your skylights are considered penetration. You want to make sure that you inspect those penetrations and see if there's a, a damages around there. Uh, sometimes there's corks that uh, has been uh, deteriorating over time. Uh, pipe flashing may dry rot over time. Uh, you may also have accumulation of debris uh, within the valley, meaning like the, the angle parts of your, your roof. So you want to make sure you, you take a look at this and make sure that you know, it's not damaged or you have excessive amount of um, uh, debris accumulating. Excessive amount of granules in your gutter can also be a telltale sign of an aging roof. Uh, the granules are there, it's a sand looking material uh, that is there to give weight to your shingles. It protects also the, uh, the, the asphalt um, structure underneath of it, uh, protects it from the UV rays, uh, protects it from degradation. So if over time, those granules start to falling off. It's natural process of uh, uh, the life cycle of your shingle. If all those granules end up in your in your gutter now, your your shingles are weaker, uh, exposed to the UV rays. So you want to keep that in mind. Check inside your gutter. If you have them halfway full of uh, sand-looking material, then then your roof might be due for replacement. So is an inspection of the roof the only way to know that you may be having roof issues? Well, that's an interesting question because we're not always in a position to be able to go on that roof in a safe manner. However, you may have access to your attic or you may also be able to pick up on other telltale signs. Have you ever seen a, a stain in your bathroom ceiling or in your kitchen uh, ceiling? Uh, those are telltale signs that your pipe flashing are failed uh, because there, there are plumbing pipe venting your plumbing system through the house and typically when you have uh, anyone calling a roofing contractor that says, hey, I have a stain, it's dripping in my kitchen, or it's dripping in my bathroom, it's uh, nine times out of 10, it is a pipe flashing failure. You may also find uh, stains nearby the skylights or nearby the fireplace. Those are pretty common uh, failure points. So you wanna watch um, for this type, of, this type of situation, especially during heavy rain events. 
uh, and also an inspection of the attic, if you have access to it, can be done and relieve you, reveal some of the condition of your roof. Uh, for example, we we're just talking about failed pipe flashing. If during a, a very uh, heavy rain event, you, you're touching the plumbing pipe coming out of uh, the house through the roof, just touch them. And if you see that they're moist, they're wet, that tells you that your seal up top is failed. So you need to get that addressed as it can lead to other problems. During a sunny day, or if you're looking through the, through the, through the roof, look up, uh, following those pipes going up, and you can see the delights, that, that's a problem. It means that if your pipe flashing have failed, it is the most common source of roof leak in the industry. Same thing with uh, the nails. You will see nails, and then all the nails are holding your shingles. Uh, if you're looking at them closely and you see that they are all rusty, that is a telltale sign of uh, poor ventilation, which can be a problem because it leads to uh, several issues on the inside of the house, but also it means that your, your roof is vulnerable to high wind events. And we've experienced some of that recently, and we know that's, a, that's definitely a concern nowadays. So let me just ask a follow-up about the rusty nails. You're saying the rusty nails are not necessarily the ca being caused by um, water leaking through the shingles. It's a ventilation issue. Is that correct? It, in, many, in many cases, it is uh, the case. It's a ventilation issue. You'll be accumulating uh, moisture on the inside of your attic uh, due to either poor intake or poor uh, exhaust of your ventilation system. Now that's not the only problems that are linked to poorly ventilated roof. Uh, as a rule of thumb, uh, you have to look at the three main things. You have ice damming in the winter. When you see, um, have you ever seen Tony uh, uh, roof systems and you have during the winter time over the gutter, very huge amount like big icicles coming off that roof and uh, right. Right. starting a couple of feet up. That's a poorly ventilated roof. It can really, uh, age your roof real fast, cause damage, eventually cause leaks. It will also uh, incur, uh, it will also uh, generate higher uh, air conditioning uh, cost in the summer. And obviously, since your roof is not uh, as efficient as it should be, um, that will end up costing you money. Uh, and last point that you want to really keep in mind if you have a poorly ventilated roof is the potential for organic growth. And here I'm being very cautious by using that term. Uh, I'm not gonna call mold because I'm not a mold expert, but uh, organic growth would be something to look for uh, with a poorly ventilated roof and that can cost you a lot of money. So David, much of what we've been discussing so far has to do with regular maintenance of a roof system. Um, can you talk a little bit about some of the most common catastrophic events that owners face in the region that would, that would actually damage the roof or, or, or necessitate a complete roof replacement? Well, we haven't seen a major snow event in the past uh, couple of years, but definitely a snowstorm can be really affecting uh, the life and the performance of your roof. So our strong winds, uh, tornadoes, uh, that we are very much aware of it. We had some, some very strong events uh, this year. Hail is a big contributing factor to the aging and the failure of a roof system. So our flooding, I wanna make sure that your roof is, is watertight uh, as much as possible. Uh, we wanna make sure that we have a specific response for each of these events. A very heavy rainfall have a very different response uh, than a tornado event. 
So we want to be cognizant of the different, the different situations that we, we may face and the different uh, response that may be required. In any case, one thing that we surely need to have when it comes to our roof is proper insurance. Uh, we want to make sure that you are covered properly uh, based on the roofs that you have, that you understand your policy. And again, I am not a, a, an expert on that topic either, so I won't, don't want to speak too much out of my out of terms. But make sure that you you're contacting your 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 broker, your agent, to uh, to make sure that based on the events that we've seen recently, you would be covered if that was something that affects your system. So you didn't mention uh, you didn't say anything about fire. What about fires? That's a good point. You're right. I did I did forget mentioning fires. Uh, fires are actually extremely distressing situation when you think about it. Uh, some people lose everything in a fire. Uh, but when it comes to a, a fires that can affect just even part of the home, uh, it can really uh, put some stress on the roof and oftentimes damage it and cause it to need replacement. Uh, but oftentimes roof uh, damage linked to fire can be prevented. One of the most common uh, fire uh, on a household is a dryer vent fire. As a matter of fact, uh, each year, over 17,000 drive vent fires are reported. Now, that means that these are incidents that triggered an insurance claim or a, a fire company response. Uh, that means that those fires were reported. There are many more that are not reported because you just realize well, something's happening. We take it out. Nothing happened. It doesn't get reported. So proper drive vent cleaning is a necessity. Uh, when it comes to preventing damage to the roof system. Isn't it true though that not all dryers are vented through the roof or am I mistaken? No, you're absolutely right. Um, it really, it's a, it's a trend that has changed over the years. Uh, when you think about uh, houses that were built in the, in the 50s or earlier, um, there were no dryer, dryers at all. Uh, so the common place to put a dryer or washer was the basement. Eventually in the 70s and 80s, we ended up having the dryer uh, on the first floor, so oftentimes by the back door. But the way we build houses now has changed. Uh, newer construction uh, involves having the, the laundry room on the second floor. And in our market, condominium association, multifamily buildings, oftentimes those, those dryers and, and bathroom and, um, and washers are also placed in each individual unit. If you are in a situation on a single home setting and you have the option as a builder to vent through the sidewall, typically it's the better option. There's less chances for issues. However, code requirements may trigger the contractor to take the shortest route to avoid having uh, a conflict when it comes to the, the code and the length of the run for the, uh, the exhaust pipe. So they will vent them straight up which means venting it through your roof. That's not always the ideal option, but the way we build houses today, it's kind of a trend that where the industry is going. When it comes to multifamily uh, setting, oftentimes the first floor, second floor may be vented through the sidewall, but the top floor will be vented through the roof. So it, it's a concern for, for our market, our industry as well. Okay. Uh, let's turn to roofing contractors. Do you have any recommended guidelines for selecting a roofing contractor? Well, we were just talking about the, uh, 
the big dramatic event, fire, hail, storm, hail storm, snowstorm, things of that nature. Oftentimes, when we see those big events, we see new companies popping up left and right. Oftentimes coming from out of state, uh, they are coming, we call them snow, uh, storm chasers. Uh, you want to be aware of a storm chaser attitude because oftentimes the goal is to get you a roof system as fast as you can, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you will be uh, to the best standard possible. You want to make sure that you keep a healthy skepticism about the lowest bidder. Uh, lower price doesn't always mean best quality. And oftentimes, pay me now, pay me later is a, a true statement. Uh, so you want to be cognizant of that. If it sounds too good to be true, more than likely it is. So the price cannot be the only criteria in selecting your professional roofing contractor. You want to make sure that they are professionals, true professionals, that they have quality workmanship, that they have references that they can provide to you to be able to, uh, to make the right decision. So what are some pointers that you might have for our listeners in selecting the right roofing contractor? You know, I could give you my own personal point of view, but I will defer that to the National Roofing Contractors Association. And here are some of the pointers as they give everyone uh, on selecting the right roofing contractor. The professional roofing contractor should have a permanent place of business. And it's pretty easy to figure out nowadays through Google uh, if that roofing contractor is giving you an actual place of business or some address uh, of a vacant lot in the middle of nowhere. You wanna have knowledge uh, of the various roof systems. You want that contractor to be knowledgeable, not only about what he's pitching to you, but about the industry in general, uh, because there's overlapping knowledge between various roof systems and your uh, specific roof may involve two or more different type of systems. You also want to make sure they have proof of insurance and you want to have an effective safety program in place with that contractor. You want to make sure that that contractor is taking care of its employees or the subcontractors that they use. And when it comes to proof of insurance, you want to make sure that the insurance is current, uh, not something that is, uh, you want to make sure that they have insurance currently. Uh, you want to see a proof of insurance that is six months old. Does not mean that they currently have that insurance valid. So do your due diligence. It will protect you in case of a problem. Uh, you want to have uh, confidence that that contractor is continuing his industry education. Uh, you want to ask them about trainings as they do with the roofing manufacturers as they install the product off. Um, you want to make sure that you have a contractor that has financial stability, uh, see how long he's been in business. You can do some homework, again, using various resources online to help you uh, get an idea of what kind of contractor you deal with. You want to make sure that you have a written proposal. And by a written proposal, Tony, I don't mean a, a sticky note with a price on it. You want to have them detail every single component going into your roof system. It needs to specify what type of product you want to specify the color you want if it's a uh, underlayment underlayment um, you want to make sure that you know what thickness type of product it is if it's synthetic or not um, every single detail has to be specified what type of nails are they using uh, it can be uh, it can be um, uh, very important uh, to know those little details and to making sure that the price the the bid you're getting 
uh, when you're looking at two different estimates, you're comparing apples to apples. Uh, you wanna make sure that your contractor is licensed in the state that you are operating into. So some states do not require, require license. You wanna make sure that you, you do your due diligence in that. Make sure that you have warranties. What is the warranties that your roofing contractor offers you? Is it simply a product warranty? Is it a warranty that is uh, his warranty? Is it the warranty from the manufacturer of the product? Uh, there are many types of warranties out there. Make sure you, again, do your due diligence, have that warranty clearly explained so you can compare uh, warranty A and B from contractor A and B. You wanna make sure that you uh, check out references. Even contact other uh, customers of that person. Uh, you wanna make sure that you have local references. Be aware of references that are only out of state references. It can be a uh, telltale sign of an um, unscrupulous contractor. Make sure that that contractor has or can offer you a maintenance program. And again, on a big multifamily association uh, type roof, it is a, it is a must have a proper maintenance program. It will save you money in the long run by uh, solving issues ahead. Also, you wanna make sure that that roofing contractor has manufacturer's certification that it belongs to local association like CAI, that his business um, is a stable business, is a must have to make sure that, you know, when you enter that relationship with the contractor, uh, it's not just a bumper, bumper uh, rear view mirror warranties that you're getting, you're getting into a relationship that will last for years. So you wanna make sure that uh, you check all these aspects to have a proper uh, selection of your contractor. What about red flags in this contractor selection process? Are there things that should automatically uh, jump out at me as a warning that this is a contractor I should maybe avoid or, or investigate a bit further? Um, I like the ideas of what you say about investing a little bit further. Uh, I mentioned earlier about references from out of state. If the references that your contractor is giving you are all out of state, that's a red flag. Just make sure you check them out. It doesn't mean necessarily that it's going to be an issue, especially because we're in a, in a tri-state area. You may have a roofing contractor that does the bulk of his business in, in Delaware. Uh, and it doesn't mean that it's necessarily bad for us in Pennsylvania. Or you may have somebody from Pennsylvania that does work in New Jersey. That doesn't mean necessarily anything bad. But if you are here and you have references in Illinois or Kentucky, you know, you want to make sure that you're, you, you pay attention to that. Um, you want to be very cautious with the contractors that only wants cash and do not pay for the whole job ahead. Do not let them pressure you into having to shell out all the money for the material ahead. You can pay for the material. We get that. The contractor has to pay for it. And ultimately, you're the one buying it. But only pay for it once the material arrives on the job site. Don't pay for it ahead. Uh, you want to be aware of so the contractors offers you special or extra cheap work or gives you extra discount for this or that. It can be a telltale sign that some corner somewhere will be cut. So when you, when you hear these things, just that should automatically raise red flags. Good recommendations. And David, uh, this has been really good information. I want to thank you for joining me today for this uh, episode of our podcast. 
We hope that this information will be helpful to our listeners. I'm, I'm sure it will be, especially as we move into the fall season and homeowners start looking at their roofs or property managers start looking at clubhouse roofs and things like that. If you'd like more information on services provided by Lifetime Tool and Building Products, please visit their website at www.lifetimetool.com. For more resources and best practices on managing and governing your condominium, cooperative, or homeowners association, please contact CAI or visit our website at www.cai-pa.delval.org. Thanks for listening.